0: This book is not... Good for you. Chapter? Do you remember a chapter? 27... 28! 28. 28. Okay. Book number three by pseudonymous... pseudonymous Bosch. That is hard to say. What page? Um, good job. We're on page 274. Chapter 28. The pavilion. The interior of the p- pavilion almost seemed to be c- a continuum... Continuant of the rainforest outside, long flowering vines dripped from a glass ceiling and potted palms rose up to meet them. A twisted pattern of interwoven leaves and branches spread across the tile floor. In the center, a pool of water surrounded by reproduction of a famous Aztec sun. Apart from the luxuriant foliage, foliage, the young interlopers themselves, the pavilion's central room, appeared empty. A deep silence pervaded the space, as if it hadn't been occupied for years. "'Where do you think everybody's gone?' whispered Max Ernest. "'It's like it was abandoned.' "'I don't know,' said Cass, with a sinking feeling. Including the front doors, the room had four exits, one for each point of the compass. They chose the one on the right. Cautiously, Yoyogi pushed the door open. They found themselves tiptoeing in a long, curving hallway that seemed to circle the pavilion's center, central room. On the outer side of the hallway was a curving glass wall overlooking a seemingly endless con- conveyor belt. A chocolate factory spread out in a line. At the starting point, a pale, gooey substance, cocoa powder, although they had no way of knowing it, poured into a swor- swirling machine Needed machines kneaded and stirred and mixed and molded dipped and dropped and dusted and sprinkled there were no human hands in sight it was a little like walking down the hall alongside a car wash but instead of seeing your car being washed you saw chocolate being made man why did they have to put this glass here it's torture said Yo-Yo Yoji, whose stomach was groaning with hunger as they watched the chocolates of all shapes and sizes and even color pass by in addition to the traditional chocolate valentines and Easter bunnies, there were chocolate zoo-filled tigers with shaped truffles, baboon bonbons, caramel 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 camel caramels, and kangaroo chews. A frosted volcano erupting with molten white chocolate, a dark chocolate lake spanned by a spun sugar bridge, and an entire forest of miniature chocolate trees topped with powdered sugar powdered sugar snow it was you know what it kind of reminds me of mm-hmm. like what Willy wonka's chocolate factory looks like like the candy factory or was it powdered sugar supposed to represent the mo- mocha chin monkeys our friends weren't sure more starting startlingly there were life 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 like chocolate bust the full head and shoulders of a young boy hey there's that kid," Alexander said. "The skeleton sisters that the skeleton sisters wanted to keep," Max said. Max Ernest. They made a mold out of him. How about that? Cass remained silent. She couldn't help imagining what the next person they saw cast into chocolate would be—her mother. But there were no more busts. Pride of, pla- Pride of place was given to Signor Hugo's simple squares of chocolate. These came last smooth dark bricks individually tagged according to weight and purity as if they were not just pallets not just pallets d'or, but actually gold bouillon come on said cass the glass isn't magically going to disappear if we wait at the end of the hallway there were two doors one marked text ki- test kitchen the other library max ernest pointed to the second door Let's look inside there first. Even if your mom's not there, maybe there's going to be some information, he said, uh, obviously overcome with curiosity to see what was in the Miz, Midnight Sun library might hold. Cass hesitantly, Cass hesitated. The kitchen seemed seemed like the more logical choice, but Max Ernest opened the door without waiting for an answer. There wasn't a single book in the library. Instead... The wall facing them was entirely taken up by glass vials, each on an individual white shelf. While the colors were all identical, the contents varied in color and texture. It looked like looks like the Symphony of Smell, said Cass, but times 11. Max Ernest scanned the wall, mentally counting the vials. Tw- times 12, actually. Well, times 12 plus 12. The Symphony of Smells had a 90 had 99 vials. 34. Yeah. Had 99 vials, remember? This one has 1200. So you think these are smells too? asked Yoyogi. I think they're flavors, said Cass. If you read the label, see? Sour number 10. Unami number 6. Unami is the taste of. I know what it is. So yo said Yoyogi, it was invented in Japan. You mean discovered? Said Cass, slightly miffed. Can't even taste it. I'm not sure it's exactly. I'm not sure Cass is exactly right about that, but I'll go with it. So then, it's a flavor library. A flavor library. Said Max Ernest. How about that? A a a flavor berry. A flavor berry. A flavor berry. (laughs) the flavor library looked like a giant vending machine and as the kids discovered it operated like one too on an adjoining wall a control panel allowed them to choose one or more vials a mechanical arm would then retrieve the vial and pour its content into what looked like a high-tech milkshake milkshake mixer in the end a thumb size a thimble sized glass of flavored liquid appeared on the tray in front of them the kids started sampling flavors right away. I get kiwi green all of seven. I want banana butter. I've got dibs on cherry number six. How about a new car smell taste? Why would anybody want leather flavor? Better than mud flavor. Yum. Yuck. Weird. Whoa. Hmm. Ick. Do you think that all of these, all that you can be allergic to all of the flavors or something? Or does food have actually, the food have to actually be there? Mm, have to uh, Max Ernest wondered philosophically as he decided against tasting the taste of plastic. You know what? This is kind of cool, but it's but kind of sucks. Said Yo-Yo G, trying at least a dozen flavors. It's just making me hungrier. Okay, time's up. It's really, it's really lucky no one has seen us yet. At the far side of the room, a swinging door beneath the sign that said that read "Tasting Room." Cass peeked through the door window and seeing no one on the other side she pushed the door open. It was a bright white laboratory-like space. A long marble table occupied the center of the room. On one side of the table was a low stone bench. On the other side three tall silver chairs, although of course they'd never been there before. You will remember that this room this as the room where Simone ate the pearless square of chocolate, the palette Dior. As it happens, an identical square of chocolate was sitting on, the, on a white plate in the middle of the table. To be exact, three identical squares of chocolate, the only bits of color otherwise on the, in the all-white room. Oh, great, they know they're there. They left them each a sample of chocolate that's going to probably make them fall asleep. Finally, some chocolate we can really eat, said Yo Yoji, immediately approaching the table. And there's even three of them. Max Ernest looked askance at the chocolates. Are you sure we should? Cass shook her head in disbelief. Don't tell me you're worried about stealing from the midnight sun. Why is this any different from the flavors? I don't know. It's just strange that they'd be sitting out there like that. It looks like they're waiting for somebody. Whoever it is could come in any second. And if the chocolate's missing, they'll know somebody's here. Plus, we don't know what it, what's in it. Cass consist, considered, then turned to Yo-Yoji. He's right. It is the midnight sun, after all. You could be using these to poison people or something. I don't care. I'm starving. Yo-Yoji popped one of the chocolates in his mouth. His friends watched with anxiety. His eyes widened. Oh, no. He clutched his throat and gagging. I think I'm choked. Then he burst into laughter. I'm just kidding. Actually, it's amazing. I usually like milk chocolate, not dark chocolate. But this is the best I've ever had. Seriously, kind of the kind of like that mud flavor, but in a good way. Well, I can't have any of it anyways because I'm allergic. Because of my allergies, said Max Ernest, unconvinced. Good, more for me. Cass, are you going to have yours? Yo-Yo Yoji asked, licking the chocolate off of the corner of his mouth. Cass eyed the chocolate, trying to resist, then she nodded. She was too hungry to say no. Wow, the survivalist is gonna eat candy sitting out there from the midnight sun. That's not very smart. Max Ernest watched, torn between jealousy and concern. Not even the survivalist. I know. As Cass devoured her piece of chocolate, she she looked blissful. Wow, that was really good. Man, I wish I man, I wish there were more, said Yo Yoji, finishing Max Ernest's piece. Me too. Maybe if we look, Cass spun around. Scanning the room. Yo Yoji nodded. Yeah. Hi. What? Cass turned back to him, staggering staggering a bit. Whoa. That made me kind of dizzy. Hey, Yo Yoji repeated, his eyes rolling into his head. He lurched forward and raised his right hand, clutching the air. Yo Yoji, are you okay? asked Cass, struggling to stand up straight. Are you joking around again? Yo-Yoji responded with a more guttural sound. His eyes closed now. He kept moving his arm around as if he were wielding a weapon. He seemed to be in some kind of combat stance. I think he's speaking Japanese, said Max Ernest, staring at her, her their friend and maybe having like a samurai fight. <laughs> but Yo-Yoji doesn't know Japanese. He was, only lived in Japan for a year, she trailed off, her eyes glazing. She teetered from her on her feet. Distressed, Max Ernest reached for Cass. Mm, she muttered to herself. She could barely conscious. Max Ernest had to use his strength to hold her up. Yo Yoji, help me! But far from being able to help, Yo Yoji was groaning and clutching his side, as if fatally wounded. Max Ernest was becoming frantic. Cass, wake up! You too, Yo Yoji. Wake up! Wake up! Cass repeated vaguely, repeated vaguely. If you guys are playing a joke. I think you should stop now, said Max Ernest, but they took no notice. As Max Ernest watched in horror, Yoyoji fell on the floor, writhing in pain. Meanwhile, Cass continued to babble incoherently until Max Ernest could hold her no longer, and she, too, fell to the floor unconscious. Before Max Ernest could decide what to do, he heard sounds of footstep approaching. Wildly, he looked around. There was only one exit. Oh, he better just act like he's passed out. Yeah. There was only one exit in the direction of the footsteps and I'm were coming good from. At that. You, you know. Yeah. I'm like. He would. He would be able to get. There's no way he'd be able to get out in time, let alone with his friends. Just over his head, sticking out of the wall, was a large grate. Gritting his teeth, he pried it open with his fingernails, revealing a dark air shaft. He pushed the grate into. He pushed the grate into the air shaft and then pulled his gray tunic over his head, and tossed it in with the grate. He didn't think he'd be able to fit through the gate otherwise, fit through the opening otherwise. Using all of his strength, he was just able to pull himself up into the air shaft and replace the grate before Senior Hugo, Dr. L, and Miss Mavia strode into the tasting room. Why? Three, he just them. Well, he, what is he going to do, get captured? Yeah. <laughs> Three white tunic and white gloved wearing midnight suns. St- Accolades followed in their wake. Oh no, Max Ernest despaired. He could see the room's new occupants, but only bits and pieces. But those bits and pieces were more than enough. Cass and Yo Yoji were still moaning on the floor. Yo Yoji murmuring murmuring in Spanish. Cass in some older Renaissance-sounding version of English. Oddly, the newcomers didn't appear very surprised to see them. It seems the boy must have had a samurai in his blood, samurai in his blood, said Dr. L. But what of the girl? Is that her awful ancestor speaking through her? The jester. Miss Mavius smiled, one of her almost smiles. Let us hope so. Max Ernest shivered, but it was uncertain to himself whether it was from hearing Miss Mavius speak or from the whoosh of air being sucked through the vent. With the chill, he realized where he was, an air filtration system. Forget the chocolate particles. All the dust in the room would be sucked through the grate in front of him. Horrified, he imagined hundreds of thousands of dust mites flying into his nostrils. Unfortunately, there was no way of getting out in the moment. He lifted his shirt to cover his nose. It was all he could do to protect himself from the army invading his invading allergens. All- allergies. Yep. And allergens. No, allergens. Mm-hmm allergens are like things that cause allergies dr al oh that was loud dr al leaned down and felt each of the kids pulses in turn he lifted their eyelids and opened their mouths examining the reaction to the chocolate i expect they will survive he said over his shoulder but in what condition i don't know where's the other one the boy with two names asked senior hugo miss Mavius snorted max Ernest. there's no way i need to worry about him he's helpless on his own Listening through the great Max Ernest, grimaced, insulted. Besides, his chocolate's gone. Wherever he is, he'll lose consciousness soon. Somebody will find him. It's the girl we want. Uh Uh-oh. And maybe you and I are not the same, said... Maybe what you and I want are not the same, said Senior Hugo. Who cares what you want, said Miss Mauvius. If we do not find the secret today, a great man will die. Miss Mauvius motioned to her white motioned to her white-gloved henchman. Take the Japanese boy out of here, but leave the girl on the table. While Yo-Yoji was carried out, the unconscious Cass was laid on her back on the marble table, as if she were about to be carved up and eaten for dinner. Miss Mavius approached, and with her white-gloved hand, pushed another square of chocolate between Cass's lips. The secret. What's the secret? Miss Mavius whispered. We know you know it. As she spoke, Miss Mavius's breath fell onto Cass's morning like morning frost. Cass's face grew paler and paler and her ears turned purple on that bordered on blue. Up in the air shaft Max Ernest frowned. Was it possible that Cass knew the secret and never told him? How could she keep something like that from him? Then again she hadn't told him about her mother being kidnapped. What other secrets might she hold? He stared down at her wondering if his best friend had just become a stranger. Oh, my. oh gosh, but don't give anything away. It's the next chapter. Okay. Okay, see you. Bye-bye.